This podcast is brought to you by The Province. This is Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Durden. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Seen and Heard podcast with me, Province Entertainment reporter Stuart Dardane. And today I'm particularly excited to be talking to Circuita uh, Yu, or a.k.a. Uh, Haley Four. Is it Four, Haley? Is that how we say your name? Yeah. Uh, about your awesome new album on Chicago's Thrill Jockey label titled In Plain Speech. And Circuita uh, Yu will be at the Cobalt on Thursday, August 20th. This is a don't-miss show in my book of things to see this summer. And then, of course, the usual uh, roundup of local gigs and music. But first, on to Haley. Hello. Hello. Congratulations on... It, now, this is album number five, right? It is. And you're, like, incredibly young for someone who's put out five records. And uh, and it's so accomplished. So I, I have to ask, what is it that, uh, that A, led to the... The name of the group, and also just your your choice of how to uh, how to make music. Um, the name is an abstract term that I created when I was about eighteen years old, um, and it stands for um, the nerve that connects the eye to sight. Mm. The rough translation is circuit of the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really mean anything in French. Uh, but um, I didn't feel that like using my name was really an option, so it seemed appropriate because for me, music is kind of my window to the world. Right. Um, so yeah, I started at a young age, around 17, and I basically wrote a record, and I was trading them online. It was a trade-only CD. Nice. And a small record label out of Minneapolis called The Steel Records mm-hmm. asked for one, and then... We did a couple phone interviews, and this was before I had a cell phone, or my family didn't have call waiting, so I kind of was like making my parents not use the phone for a couple of days in case this record label would, was going to call. <laughs> and after a couple of interviews, we decided to work together, and he put out three of my records. And then a couple of years ago, I self-released uh, a bit of a bigger production of a record, as far as I was, I believe to be, um, and then this new one was on Thrill Jackie, and yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. Sweet. Now you're the the record is. We're going to get into it and play a couple of tracks that uh, that you've been kind enough to to, to let us use. But um, just to talk about the record itself, it it seems instantly uh, a natural fit on Thrill Jockey for one thing, um, and also it seems an instantly the kind of music you would expect to hear coming out of the more avant-garde scene in Chicago and stuff like that. Is that, is that where you find yourself or is that just a random coincidence? Um, it's hard for me to really like have a, have any understanding of where I fit in this world of music. Um, I'm just kind of being myself, but it certainly is a mainstream. I hang out with a lot of musicians. Everyone in my life is a musician and, um, yeah, a lot of my friends are on Drag City, or there's a few labels in Chicago, Drag City, Moniker Records, Trouble in Mind, Thrill Jockey, Cranky, sure. and they all sort of, we all sort of evolve and revolve around each other. It's pretty collaborative, and it's not very competitive. Yeah, I get it's, that impression, uh, and, nice. and, and you certainly, that's why you can have a, you know, a city where someone who's celebrated as Ken Vandermark can suddenly wind up playing on, you know an album by by a pop band and vice versa and it just everybody seems to move around but uh, we're going to start off at, at perfect time perfect way to introduce uh, the first song we're going to hear which is fantasize the scene and here you are talking about a scene so um let's just play this once the rain has washed away Every hidden truth, all the 
tell you uh, I really love the way that that song it, it it's it's a combination it reminds me of some of the moodiest uh, and, and and most eerie UK folk of the sort of 60s folk rock revival in the UK as well as you got a bit of a, a, a 90s rock vibe and stuff and, and just that marvelous um what is that is that a looped melodica at the start of that what is that that wonderful uh, opening instrument on a fan size the scene hmm um, it is just a guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you've just tried, I, I thought for sure when I listened to it that it was a, uh, it reminded me of some of the old ambient stuff that Brian, you know, and, and um, like Ladagy and stuff had worked with, with Bill Laswell. It kind of had this, I was wondering if it was like an auto harp or something like that, but I guess it's just, everything is possible with a foot pedal or two, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> um, where do you come with, uh, come to your influences? I mean, it's, it's, it's a fascinating mix throughout the whole record. I mean, you, granted, you're blessed with a vocal range that's that's kind of marvelously distinct and deep, but also there's such variety on the album as well. Um, I've been collecting records for a long time, and I can't really say that anything in particular um, influenced me in this record. Um, I am, like, very into pre-jazz of ESP disc. I'm kind of obsessed with everything female right now. Mm-hmm. So like outsider vocalists, um, maybe not within the traditional song. A lot of, I started doing improv recently. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, right now I'm just, I took, had a classical training for a really long time. Uh-huh. And at this point in my life, I'm just interested in kind of pushing my boundaries and trying to see how far I can go with my voice. So um, I- Pardon. Whether that means like range or tonality, right? But I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, just lost in the wind. If I'm thinking with classical training, that that's why I might hear influences of things like Meredith Monk and Diamond de Galas and, and and even medieval music and stuff like that. Like you would be familiar with those styles, of course. Yeah, yeah, I, I know and love all that stuff. Because it turns up, and I, I just, I don't know, it makes for a really fun thing. As, about female artists that you were saying you were really into, I, I have to say if people go to your blog that, that uh, your shout-out to all the female groups you love on, on International Women's Day was kind of awesome because I was having a good time going through and looking at the names and trying to see who, who I knew and who I didn't know so I could go look them up. You know, it's a, it's a, good, uh, it's a good influence. It's, um, 
do you, do you see yourself in an outsider role or in an outsider position as far as you know i mean pitchforks embrace the record and various other quote you know taste making uh contemporary sites but but you know do you find yourself on festival stages you know in between a metal band and a hip-hop group kind of scratching your head going okay this is cool to play but what <laughs> that happens quite a bit just even pairings as a, i've been a support slot for quite a few bands and they've all been great uh musicians and beautiful people but um i feel like my music falls somewhere in between singer-songwriter and kind of avant-garde noise hmm. And I'm too songy for the noise people, and I'm a little too outsider and abrasive for the songwriter people. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely have noticed that I'm kind of like within my own realm most of the time when it comes to festivals and shows. Um, but being different, I find, is much more interesting than being the same. Nice. So, now the real question that comes to my mind, having listened to uh, to Inplane's speech, is how are you going to pull this off live? Like, what's the configuration of your group, and and how does the live show work? Um, well, this is going to be the first official tour with a the proper ensemble, most of which can contribute to the album. So um, it's Rob Fry it's on the record. He plays flute, bass, clarinet, and percussion. Um, Whitney Johnson plays affected viola. Matt Jensik, who isn't on the album, but he fulfills the position of bass and synthesizer, and then Adam Luxovich plays drums. And it's very close to the album. Um, in terms of arrangements, but there is room for improvisation and things. It's a live performance, so I like to leave room for growth. And... Um, yeah, we did a couple. We did a show a couple weeks ago, and it's a track called "A Story of This World" that is one of the longer tracks on the album. And at this point, it's about 17 minutes long live, <laughs> so it's pretty great to just have that that time and ability to grow. Now, how many different things do you play besides your marvelous voice? I sing. I play acoustic 12-string guitar, and there's a sampler involved as well. Nice. Um, next song, I, I, you know, I love the title and it's, uh, I, I'm still, I'm not sure how the title relates to the song exactly, but, uh, but I find the eerie, dark, uh, and, and mood of the thing of, of do the dishes, uh, is often the state of mind I'm in when I am doing the dishes. So maybe that was appropriately titled after all. Anyway, now we're going to hear do the dishes. I'm willing to take 
that's uh, that's kind of an awesome loop that you built with the the different levels of drums on that one as it as it moves up. I, I love the orchestration. Um, how do you write when you when you start? Do you start with something as you say, like a simple acoustic sort of you know strumming on the guitar, and then you just suddenly go, and then I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and blow it up. Um, there's all sorts of ways that I write a song. Um, I was really trying to write kind of a traditional singer-songwriter record at first with this and playing speech record, and it just wasn't really happening. So I, um, it resulted in me doing these sort of writer block exercises where I um, choose they're kind of minimal improvisations, like experimenting with within the confines of something. Um, so for this song in particular, I have this ethnographic record, and I really love um, this particular sample. And I looped it and sampled it over and over, and it was just kind of an exercise. It wasn't really ever supposed to be on the record or form into a song of sorts, but um, it, it evolved, and it was really fun. I kept working on it, and um, for the record, as a whole, I really, I really love these cinematic albums from the 60s and 70s that kind of flow into each other and mm. there's kind of high production value of like things that couldn't really ever be created acoustically in real life without a lot of effects. Um, so yeah, it, it, was, it took a lot of sensing, but I love the way it travels. Nice. How long did it take to, to put the record together? Because it does sound like, I mean, it's meticulously produced and it sounds great. And I, I'm, I'm going to assume it wasn't made on a gargantuan budget. So, uh, you know, did you just use a lot of, uh, was it a lot of TLC that went into it or a particularly good studio and great, you know, like, like people team to work with you or what? Um, it's a bit of everything. Uh, unlike my previous records, this one was stretched out over long periods of time. Um, I was touring, so I'd be home for a week and go to the studio for a couple of days. Um, I'm also just fortunate to have such talented friends, um, and yeah, you're correct in that there wasn't much of a budget, so they're like good friends of mine and willing to do something for the sake of the music. Um, and yeah, so Cooper Crane and, and myself, we have our own sorts of um, home studios that we're able to build and tear down as we please. And it had a lot to do with keeping things under a tight budget. And there is a very nice studio that I'm not going to name because I don't want to blow it up <laughs> and have it be completely scheduled out. But right. there's a studio here in Chicago that has great equipment and it's really cheap, um, just as is everything in Chicago. It's just conducive to the life of a musician. Extremely affordable. Uh, and a lot, yeah, a lot of TLC. It took a good two months just kind of sitting in front of the pig machine and my computer and sequencing the sequencing is kind of the hardest part and sort of making everything flow. Awesome. Well, look, we're really excited to have you coming to the Cobalt Hotel on August 20th. And thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, this is Sukudi Yu, uh, Haley Foer, um, talking to us about her new album on Thrill Jockey, In Plain Speech. And thanks again for taking the time and have a great trip until you get here. We look forward to the show. Thank you so much. And now, besides the Sukudiyu show at the Cobalt on Thursday, August 20th, we've got a couple other gigs of the week to discuss. First up is a record release party for a new group on Mint Records. That would be Fake Tears. Um, the song we're going to hear is called Second Wind, taken from the group's album debut, Night Shifting.
was Fake Tears with Second Wind. The group will be playing their CD release party at the Lido on Saturday, August 15th. And uh, let's just say that Larissa Loiva and Alicia May Rembold are no strangers to the indie scene. Um, Loiva, of course, did two releases under the Kellarissa solo project. She's also worked with Destroyer. Um, Rembold with the piano. Uh, they're in Shimmering Stars. They had a group called Cool TV. Um, they were originally trying to put together a all-female, large all-female ensemble, and then as things slowly collapsed, they wound up with just a duo and said, well, we've got the songs and we like each other and we make good music. So here they have done so with Night Shifting that's out on Mint Records. Um, Lido's a lovely little place just off the cool Main Street area to do a show at, and uh, my guess is um, probably just a wander for a lot of the fans that'll be going. At the Railway Club on August 19th, Heartbeat City is coming in from Winnipeg. Uh, we're going to hear Small Victories, taken from their album Thunder Among Us. It's an indie release. I think uh, Heartbeat City you can find online. And uh, here we go with Small Victories. That's a fairly familiar, rootsy, prairie-type sound. Uh, you know, the band's getting a lot of love for its alt-roots. Uh, 
all its root songs, and it sits. It does sit somewhere, certainly in the realm of such beloved and now belated acts as the Weaker Thens. Uh, and uh, there you go. This sounds like me to the sort of thing that uh, CBC would get right behind um, with its safe, twangy sounds. Next up on the top spins of the week, well, here's one I'm really digging: Flatliner, Black Medicine, taken from the group's album on Holodeck Records.
Everybody kind of digging on that creepy, dark, tectronic music. Man, when that came across my desk, I was so in the mood for something like that. It kind of grows on you like one of those molds in a leaky condo. It's all around you. It's making you sort of freaked out. But everything still, everything still looks good in the light. You just know there's something intrinsically wrong going on. It's a very, very good record. Flatliners, Black Medicine on Holodeck Records. Next up, another moody and kind of totally awesome uh, UK-based electronic producer-songwriter. This is Georgia. Um, the song is B Ache, and we're also going to hear Nothing Solution since the label was kind enough to give us two. And this is from her debut, well, not debut, but her latest record, Georgia, um, which I believe is out on Domino Records. Thank you. 
followed by Nothing Solutions from Georgia. And I have to say, this is a record that's really growing on me. It's got everything you would expect from a cool young London-based producer and that it embraces everything from late vintage grime, dub, raga, no wave, hip-hop, even some freaking prog, yo, because that's just what comes in when you're, uh, when you're down with the London scene these days. But uh, it's a really, really accomplished record, and I can't say enough fun about this. Next up, another one from two incredibly accomplished artists that are known throughout the jazz, pop, rock, classical, avant-garde scenes. Um, this is Flutronics. Um, check out flutronics.com. I ha- was not able to find a label for this, but uh, this is City of Breath, taken from their album of the same uh, Flutronics debut. And here we go with City of Breath. Stop.
Okay, that's an unusual thing, right, to hear flutes rocking like that. But uh, Natalie Joachim and uh, Alison Loggins Hole um, have come together, and their new EP is a totally unusual pairing of like classical flute, avant-garde tendencies, is seen through like a really old-school hip-hop lens or something. These two players have have resumes that I could spend hours um, reading through because they're so busy with so many things. But uh, they played with everyone from Dan Deacon to um, the Sizzigi New Music on New Music Collective uh, bassist Edgar Meyer, um, real who's who of like New York and and, and Chicago and other uh, eastern eastern scenes. Um, and both, I believe, maintain regular positions in orchestras as well. But uh, are dedicated to their Flutronics project, which you have just heard and. There you go. Once again, this has been a Seen and Heard podcast with Stuart Dardane. For your complete list of province podcasts, go to theprovincepodcast.com, and I will catch you back here for another edition next week. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with province music writer Stuart Dardane. Catch Stuart in the province newspaper or online at theprovince.com.